means I'm going to press record uh, for Outside the Box. Here we go. What's going on, man? Hey, Ben. How you doing? How was my intro? Did I do okay? It was good, except it's not pr- pronounced thyme. It's pronounced time. Time. You know. I think. I think it is. So what do you think about thalates? You're always mispronouncing these medical terms, Ben. <laughs> Hey, I, I'm doing the best I can over here, guys. Uh, I, I'm trying to pronounce these big words. You know, we got we got super super smart people here in the audience, and and, and they're like they bring out these questions, and you know, luckily uh, you're here to bail me out on some of these. Pronunciations. I don't think it's pronounced phthalates either. I think it's phthalates. Phthalates. So the pH is silent. I think it is. I think it is. I think maybe the you know the. The H in uh, time is silent too. I don't know. I think it, that's just what struck me again. I, you know, I'm not an English major, but, um, you know, <laughs> I apologize in advance. Nice to... haircut though. Thank you. Thank you. Um, nice haircut. Uh, I do like that. Hey, I want to thank Terry for sending those South Carolina peaches to those things. Oh, are nice. Fantastic. Nice. Thank you, Terry. Uh, I we'll... just finished them off as a matter of fact. What, what'd you put them in? Juice. Um, did you just eat them plain or did you put them in? I had them with a little bit of yogurt. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you peel the skin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. I I interesting. Well, uh, are you ready for the show? Is the day good? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Day was fantastic. You know, back in the swing of things after being off last week. So, yep. yeah, I had a great day. Wonderful day. Super cool. Well, I'm ready to to get this show going. Guys, if uh, if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, I see uh, Barbara's put up one. Thank you, Barbara. Melanie's got a question there. Uh, go ahead and put it in the comments because we're going to get to the uh, the live portion of the show uh, for the majority of the show. We only had a couple questions come in throughout the week. Uh, if you guys do want to send in a question uh, throughout the week, send it to my email, ben at performancemedicine.net, or you can uh, uh, direct message uh, any of our social accounts uh, Facebook or Instagram, all the, all the good stuff. Um, all right, let's get to this question that came over on email. Um, the question is, I was recently diagnosed with CLL, uh, but I'm in the watch and wait period. No treatments, no treatments for now. Are there any supplements that Dr. Rogers would recommend that I take with my condition? And there's a follow-up here, or are there any of the alternate treatments for cancer that he has mentioned lately that should be considered? Uh, He's referring to the episodes of the Common Sense MD on fembendazole and artemisinin. Um, uh, Again, CLL, I'm I'm ignorant. What is that sample? Yeah, Uh, CLL is a blood cancer called chronic lymphocytic leukemia. That means... The part of the white blood cells called the lymphocytes um, are replicating fast. There's a lot of them. So, as a matter of fact, I saw a patient today that had that has CLL. The good news is about it that it's a chronic disease. It's not probably not going to kill you. It, I don't think it will kill you. Um, you know, there's different treatments. Um, the patient I saw today, again, they didn't see me for this. I, I've just followed this patient for years, and she has done fine for many years with it. Um, basically, you get treated with chemotherapy, although there are new treatments with uh, immunotherapies uh, like monoclonal antibodies is one of those treatments, um, targeted uh, treatments like that um, without having some of the 
onerous side effects of chemotherapy. But again, um, you know, you should do fine with that, but, you know, take your oncologist advice and, you know, but, you know, questions, hey, should I do chemo? Try that first or should I, should I go straight to um, the, some of the monoclonal antibody targeted treatments with less side effects? So that's, that'd be a good question to ask your oncologist as far as, but you should do fine is the good news. Um, it's not ha like having acute, um, leukemia, but anyway, you know, definitely, um, you know, most of the thing with fembendazole and artemisinin, the studies that they have done on those mostly are more for solid tumors. I'm not familiar enough to, to recommend that for blood cancers, but, um, it probably wouldn't hurt. But the thing I would definitely do is uh, get on a ketogenic type diet. Mm. I'd consider taking vitamin C, even if it's just oral vitamin C. Um, I think a couple good, another good um, supplements you might consider uh, for blood type cancers are uh, turmeric, curcumin, same thing, and maybe, maybe even the green tea extract. Those are a couple that I think it'd be fine for you and may help, but it sounds like they're kind of just watching it for a while. It's not, you know, urgent, you know, so there's some time to decide on what type of treatment you will receive from the oncologist. But uh, so it's not urgent, but go ahead and educate yourself on the various types of treatment and uh, go with that. Maybe with some, with some supplements in addition to that, mm. that would be my recommendation. All right. Great question there. Thank you for sending that in over email. Great uh, answer there, Doc. Um, let's go to, uh, this is a, a, a very common question we get um, on the Cleveland Heart Panel. Um, question is, my Cleveland Heart Panel showed I needed several supplements, but they are making me sick. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And I'm going to go into kind of a second part of it. Uh, what are the right times of day or with, without food to take vitamins and supplements? And, um, obviously, you know, with the Cleveland heart panel, um, it does, there's a lot of nutrient deficiencies, deficiencies that can show up. Um, often there's, you know, lots of vitamin recommendations. Uh, so that can be kind of daunting, you know, so what's your, what's your thoughts on this, you know, kind of going into starting several supplements? Um, yeah, number one, start the supplements one at a time, you know, definitely most supplements, I think you should probably take with a full stomach you know, especially the fat soluble vitamins, A, D, K, and E. Um, I've seen people do better with less uh, nausea uh, when they start out slow and take it with a full stomach. Um, some of the water soluble vitamins like B and C are more tolerated on empty stomach, but I still take mine with, you know, uh, my meals. I just don't like to take my supplements on an empty stomach. Zinc is um, notorious for making a lot of people nauseate if you take it on an empty stomach. So I would start out slow. Even my multivitamin, which is loaded, you know, um, with about everything you need, uh, not everything, but the main ones that you need. Um, you know, I, I take it with something on my stomach and I split it up. 
because to get all the, the doses that I want you to get in that uh, super vitamin, you need to take three of those smaller capsules to get it all in. So I space mine out. You know, I usually take two with lunch and one with dinner. Um, so I think I'd space it out, start one at a time, you know, um, and take your magnesium at night. That's fine on an empty stomach. I do that at night um, along with my baby aspirin. That's my regimen there. So it's not too unusual when you first start that you may be a little nauseated. Give it a little time, take it with food, and spread them out. If you do like I do, intermittent fasting, in other words, you eat two times a day, just split it up with those two times. If you happen to eat three times a day, just split it up three times a day. Um, but most, most of them I do better with food. Um, so, so say multiple vitamins are recommended, you know, how would you, how would you go about adding one at a time? Would you go for like a week on one, then week two, add the second, that sort of thing? Like how would you go? A few days, a few days, like my super multi, um, which I like because you don't have to take so many different types of vitamins that they're, there's just a ton of stuff in there space them out mm. because you know they have a lot of stuff on if you overwhelm your stomach especially if you're not used to it you may get nauseated and think i can't take them when mm. you can't mm. super interesting i know it's, it's a very common question so thank you for for putting that in there uh on the cleveland heart panel um all right so that's going to do it for the questions that came in throughout the week that means we're going to go into the comments and take live questions so if you have a question for doc uh go ahead and put it in there uh, this is, this is great. We're going to get a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, interaction here. So, uh, let's see here. Let's just, let's start with an easy one. Um, Linda's asking, can we have, <laughs> yes. can, uh, they're not back home yet. You know, they're not back home yet. They're in, uh, obedience school. I guess you would call it that, uh, for two weeks. So we'll get them back this weekend. So next Tuesday night. Although they may not be, if Andy does the show next Tuesday night, he probably won't have them. But uh, anyway, um, apparently they're doing really well. I think we've got a picture of them. We can flash up here. We'll put that. We're, we're like gonna they're... we're gonna put that up at the end of the show. That way, okay. you know, uh, everybody sticks around because I know a lot, a lot of the people here they're here for Izzy and Ike, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna tease it a little bit. And say we're, we do you know, have. I hope, it, I hope it really helps them. You know, with behavior, nobody wants dogs jumping up on. Them. They're super friendly, and they tend to jump up on you when you come in. And uh, Ike, I think, suffered from a little separation anxiety. <laughs> Izzy's Izzy's a little tougher. She's doing better, probably. But um, you know, I mean, into each life, a, a little discipline has to come. I remember when I was a kid, my dad threatened to send me to military school a couple times. You know, <laughs> when I was acting out and. No, <laughs> that's a true story. But, you know, I straightened up and uh, started being productive, playing, started playing. That's when I started playing tennis. And uh, that kind of got me out of, uh, you know, uh, just doing my own thing where I wasn't getting much done. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to go to military school. Uh, Ike's going to come back just super straight laced and, you know, by the book. Um, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to, it. we're going to get, we'll, we'll get some pictures up here, uh, towards the end of the show. Uh, Allison, welcome in. Thank you for hanging out with us over at the Blake. Uh, Johnny's here. I got to see a question. Great question there, Johnny. Um, let's get to Melanie here on Facebook. 
a very common question. Um, how do you get rid of a menopausal belly? Um, Doc, why don't you kind of you know talk about why some of that happens? I know you talk a lot about perimenopause and uh, and menopause. Well, your you know your your body composition changes as you go into menopause or andropause. You know, when you go into menopause, you're unless you're getting hormone replacement, which you should do if you can do it. Um, you know, your body kind of gets, it actually gets more like a man's body, an out of shape man's body. When you get abdominal fat around the middle instead of hip area um, and buttocks, you start getting around your, your belly. And that's not, that's dangerous visceral fat that you don't want. So um, it becomes a little tougher. You know, number one, balance the hormones. I'm a strong promoter of bioidentical hormones. You know, Dr. Pam Smith in our uh, meeting a couple of weeks ago in Florida, who's the guru of women's hormones for sure. You should read the book, uh, All About Women's Hormones by Dr. Pam Smith. Um, she talked a lot about that, how, um, you know, that when you get on hormones, all of them, estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, uh, and maybe DHEA, you know, it really kind of prevents your body. And the earlier, the better. Mm. Um, you know, sometime around your mid forties is the usual time. I like to get, start looking at those things. Um, so look at those and realize too, that you, you can't eat, um, like you did when you're 20 years old, your metabolism slowered, even, even on hormones, your metabolism is going to be slower. So you got to get more specific about, um, you know, not eating a lot of carbs, especially sugars and refined carbs. Um, you can't really spot reduce uh, abdominal fat too well. You know, we've got a couple of machines that help out with that. Um, but uh, you need to eat better, eat less carbs, maybe do some intermittent fasting uh, if you can. Um, drink more water, detox, look at cortisol levels. You know, usually abdominal fat is, is coming from too many carbs, lack of hormones, or maybe high cortisol levels. Cortisol is that stress hormone that, that uh, for people that don't sleep right or chronically stressed, it sends a signal your body needs to store fat. And unfortunately, at a certain age, it goes around the belly. So think about... Um, you know, checking cortisol levels. And if you're stressed out, you know, finding ways to de-stress, like better sleep, exercise, um, maybe even some adrenal adaptogen type uh, herbs, which we use a lot. So it takes more, balance your hormones. It can be done, you know, it definitely can be done. And that happens with men and women. Uh, women get a more of a men's body and men get more of a woman's body. That's interesting. You, you know, uh, just as you said that it made perfect sense. I, but I've never thought about that way. You know, as, mm -hmm. as you age without hormones, as your hormones decline, men's body turns more like a woman's and a woman's body turns more like a man's. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Uh, Melanie, thank you for uh, putting that in there. It's a really, really common question. Uh, I know it's going to help, uh, uh, at least a couple people here tonight. Um, let's get to Barbara here on Facebook. 
Um, have you heard of CMOS and what are your thoughts? Uh, CMOS has come up a few times um, yeah, on well, the show. I think it's good. Algae, basically. There's a lot of good properties to algae. It's good antioxidant. It's good fiber. has some good minerals in it. Um, so, yeah, I'm all for it. I think it's a great supplement. All right. Thank you, Barbara, for putting that in there. Uh, yeah, we've talked about sea moss a couple of different times. It seems to yeah, be a seaweed. Actually, really, really nutritious. A common question here. All right, let's go to YouTube uh, with Max. Uh, Max is asking, uh, Robin ended up recommending to me to go see a rheumatologist, and he put me on Symponi for my uh, ankylosing spondylitis can I continue to take LDN while using Symponi? Uh, Symponi is a once a month injection. Uh, Max, apologies if I mispronounced any of that. Um, and you can correct me, doc, if I. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely can stay on LDN, you know, make sure you work your dose up to four and a half milligrams. It's not going to interfere with your other treatment, you know? Um, and at least, you know, I don't know Symponi per se, but it's, it's, one of those newer generation uh, immunomodulators. Um, so, yeah, you sure can. And maybe if that if it if it tampens down the ankylosing spondylitis, um, which is no fun to have, uh, then maybe at some point you can taper off of that. And uh, because there's only a certain amount of years that that works, I think. Again, I'm not an expert on that, but the LDN you could take it with virtually no side effects for forever. And so, um, yeah, keep us updated on how you're doing with that. Uh, cause that's a, that's a, something that can really cause a lot of pain and debility. Mm. Um, now when you said work up to four milligrams, are you talking about the LDN? LDN? Yeah. Four and a half milligrams uh, to, to four and a half. So sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes even a little higher. Okay. I've used higher. Um, Max, I hope that helps keep us posted on, on how that's, uh, working. Um, and sh yeah, so the LDM worked that up to 4.5, uh, and we're all good, um, to use with Symponi. Um, all right, let's go to the next question here. I'll put this up from Max, uh, lost weight on L with LDN. Okay. Uh, yeah, I use it for weight loss too. Yeah. Really, really is good. It's great for inflammation. Good for sleep. You may have more dreams on it, but that's usually a good thing. So it means you're getting more REM sleep. Um, but yeah. Uh, thank you for that, Max. Let's get to Johnny here on Facebook. Um, this is an interesting one because, you know, obviously we talk a lot about the dangers of the glucose spikes, but, you know, um, we don't really talk about what, you know, what qualifies. Uh, so the question yeah. is, what do you consider a high glucose spike? Anything over 140, 150, okay. and you're going to have a few of them. So don't freak out, but you just don't want a lot of them. Um, so say that number one more time. 140 to 150. Anything over. Heck, but I, I'm not, I'm not a diabetic and mine spiked. I, I purposely ate some things just to see what would happen. And after I drank a caramel macchiato at, at Starbucks, it went to 170. Oh, wow. You'd be surprised. So great way to do it. Just wear the freestyle Libre and, you know, look at well, for at least two weeks and kind of get a pattern. It's time under the curve that you're looking for, not only just a, 
a low A1C. Time under the curb. Remind me what that means. Time under. It just means uh, that you're under that 140, you know, postprandial okay. after eating and under 100, preferably fasting. Mm. Time under that curve. I uh, hope that helps, Johnny. And uh, like we said earlier, my brother Andy's going to be coming on the show and uh, he talks a lot about these uh, sugar spikes and um, he'll talk about um, what is that um, thing? It's like a, it's like a, the bell curve and there's like a, a word for it. And now it's, of course, uh, uh, on the, on the show here, I'm, I'm missing. It starts with a P um, some phenomenon, uh, something phenomena. Well, there's a Don phenomenon. Don and phenomena. There's a Samoji effect. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's when your sugars shoot up in the morning for no reason. It's usually because your cortisol starts pumping you up to get you up and it'll spike your sugars a little bit. Uh, so Johnny, stay tuned with that. Um, but hope, hopefully that helps anything over 140 or 150 for uh, a high glucose spike. Uh, let's get to Cherry here. Uh, what is the best time of day to take methylene blue? Um, what's your thoughts on this? Um, I love methylene blue, unless your dogs tend to get into it like ours did. <laughs> but um, if they if they do, out. send them straight That's to obedience thing. school. <laughs> that yeah, they need to go straight to obedience school if that happens. That's what happened to ours. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, any time except night. There we go. You know. <laughs> <laughs> there, I, it, See that for, blue stuff on the paws and yeah. And then there it is on the carpet and the wood. Uh, Still can't get it out of there. But for anyone who um, missed last week, those are that's Izzy. And uh that was uh part part of the reason for <laughs> for the obedience school. Uh thank you. Uh thank you guys for putting that on there. It tends to be energizing, uh increases mental alertness. There they are right now. Look the at that. Day. They look more, they look really regimented there, don't they? I mean, look at the posture yeah. on Ike. Like he looks. Ike looks like he's definitely in military school there. <laughs> Man, his eyes look like, hey, I'm serious. I don't want to be here. I love Izzy's it. Izzy's just cute and they're probably loving her. <laughs> uh, but anyway, just don't take it at night because it may keep you up because it's pretty energizing. I like to take mine in the morning along with perfect aminos right before I do my, my workout in the morning. All right. Hope that helps, uh, Cherry. Um, and real quick, cause it, it tends to come up eight, uh, eight drops, eight drops. Yeah. Eight drops in a glass of water. Okay. So, uh, if you guys have questions around the, the typical starting dose, eight drops, uh, per how many ounces of four ounces? Uh, four to six ounces. Four to six ounces of water. Um, all right. Um, let's see here. Welcome in, everybody. We've got a few people coming on in uh, to the Performance Medicine Show. If you've got a question for Dr. Rogers, put it in the comments. We're going to get to every single question tonight. Uh, such a good crew here. Um, we're going to get to Lisa here on Facebook. Um, all right. Let's see if I get this right here, Lisa. Dr. Rogers, I am IDDM type 2. I was taking the big dog. That means ins insulin dependent. She's insulin dependent type so, two, so which I'm, shouldn't. Uh, I don't know. I I wish you weren't insulin dependent on type as a type two. Type one are insulin dependent by nature. They produce no insulin. Type two you may have had for a long time, 
and nothing else works. So finally you had to get on insulin, unfortunately. Maybe you can get off of it. Um, uh, so you were taking the big doll human argue. Okay, wow. Wow, that's a huge dose of insulin. Mongero and I eat one meal and I don't have barely. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. I love that. You know, I talked to another patient today on Mongero and um, although it's really Mongero. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna um, read that read that out for people because that's a that's a really big okay. deal. And I want to give you know Lisa just a huge uh, shout out. And, you know, one, this is incredible. What, what she's saying is she started Monjaro and have taken my seventh shot. So is that seven weeks in pop? If she's, yeah, it's a weekly shot. So yeah. seven weeks in, uh, I eat one meal per day. That's awesome. I now don't have to take, uh, any insulin barely most days, none. And I have lost 40 pounds. That's incredible. Daily blood sugars range 120 to 169. So excited that my insulin need has de- decreased. That's amazing. That's amazing. And please don't apologize for the lengthy post. That is, that's like. No, Paul, say congratulations. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really like a miracle drug. I, I firmly believe that when Monjaro um, goes for weight loss indication, you know, right now it's just indicated for diabetes, but they will have a weight loss indication as I talked about in one of my podcasts. Um, that will be the biggest selling drug in history. Mm. Um, I'm certain of it. You know, it's, it's the best thing that's come out in probably the last 50 years. But, yeah. um, so congratulations. Yeah. Your goal is to get off insulin. If you're a type two, you do not want to be on insulin. Insulin is a fat storing hormone that um, doesn't do you any favors, you know, if you can do it any other way. So congratulations. Great story. Lisa, thank you so much for putting that in there. And Lisa's uh, a, a regular on the show. So we, we are so proud of you. Um, and thank you for, for sharing that with everybody. Huge success story. Um, and right. you're going to be staying on that medicine the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully off keep... insulin on Manjaro. I like so, that. I like yeah. that. Um, congratulations, Lisa. Um, let's get to, uh, let's see here. One step forward. Um, when would you take perfect aminos? Uh, if you're trying to get protein from food, but you have days when you fall short can you get too much with food plus supplements? We, we need doc playing intro to show. I, I agree. And if you, you know, stay around to the end of the show, guys, we might, we might, we might convince him oh. to, to play a little music. Uh, we might convince him. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but, but I want to, I want to emphasize this because, you know, you did a, a, a podcast on protein and, um, and basically, you know, the theme of it was you're probably not eating enough protein uh, if you're not being intentional around it. So, the th- yeah, it'd be very hard to get too much protein unless you have bad kidneys or a bad liver. Um, so, I, like I said, I like perfect aminos in the morning. I just mix my methylene blue in with perfect aminos in a full glass of water and drink it right before my workout. I get a better workout because of it all. Sure. And if you don't know, really, really putting out, you know, with the exercise, like if I'm going to, you know, go on a hard bike ride or something like that, then I'll, I'll take it afterwards. Also, I just take a scoop before and a scoop after exercise. Remember you're, you're aiming for a gram uh, of protein per pound of body weight for most people. Um, you know, I think that's not too much. Um, so, 
I think, yeah, I mean, get it from your food too. But the perk of minos are great because it's just, you know, it has no calories in it. It won't even break a fast. And it's just, you know, it's already digested. It's, it's, you could even give it to somebody on dialysis who has bad kidneys with the permission of your nephrologist. But, um, but yeah, hope that helps. Well, I love perk. And one thing to also take into account with protein is is absorption of it. Um, so uh, I think that's another reason to possibly supplement with it. And another reason to you know to to get your gut straightened out first with something like Digest Shield. Um, it's gonna you're gonna be able to use more of that protein. Yeah, because it was in, sure. it was interesting what you said about the bioavailability of it. Yeah. Um, so hope that helps. Uh, one step forward. Uh, let's see here. Um, from Angela. Um, is it necessary to take a break from methylene blue? Is it okay to take daily? Uh, that's an interesting question. I don't know if we've gotten a, you know, uh, is it? It's okay. Yeah. You know, usually what I tell people, I almost think it's good to take a one day break a week from your supplements. Just want to take them six days a week. And when you go on vacation, you may not even need it. Although you may like methylene blue so much that you want, if you're like me, you go to the beach, you want to do more exercise. So, you know, it's take it with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not bad to take a break. It's not going to hurt you to take it daily though, but usually one day a week breaks enough. And it is something you talk a lot about is just kind of building in a, a day a week where you're, where you're not taking your vitamins. Um, thank you, Angela, for that question. I've been getting a lot of, a lot of methylene blue questions. That's awesome. Um, all right. Meditation Universe is asking, um, should people with epilepsy take methylene blue? What's your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I've read a little bit about that. You know, if you look at it, the people, if you read the literature, people that are on uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors like Prozac, Zoloft, Lexapro, that type of thing, um, if they take it because methylene blue is kind of a natural monamine oxidase inhibitor um, that, you know, you could have serotonin syndrome where you get hypertensive and really a little hypertensive crisis, but that's kind of overplayed really, you know, and listening to the researchers at university of Texas that have been studying methylene blue solely for 30 years, PhD types, they don't see a problem with this. The other thing is, you know, if you have a G6PD deficiency, should you not take it? Well, you know, in the doses that you're going to be taking, the normal low dose, you know, it's not going to bother you. I don't even check a G6PD unless you're going to get on you know, a really high doses of methylene blue for dementia or something like that. Um, so I don't really worry about it. So I don't see a reason. I mean, obviously with epilepsy, um, if you, you know, with anything, you're probably on, med I'm sure you're on medications for it. So could there be possible interactions with some of it? Maybe. So what I would do is just stay on the low eight drops a day dose. And if, if you have breakout seizures and you need to stop it, uh, but see how you do with it. Mm. I really don't think it's going to hurt you. Uh, I hope that helps um, Meditation Universe. That's, that's a really interesting um, question there. Um, a great thing, a great thing for epilepsy or, or intractable seizures 
is CBD. Yeah. Also. Uh, that's, that's what I think of first, like with most people, um, thinking uh, CBD oil. Um, this, um, you know, Roel's um, talking about the, 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 the newest podcast episode on the Common Sense MD. Um, you know, real quick, kind of yeah. what's, what's um, your, what kind of, you know, I'm putting you on the spot, but what stood out most um, in the lectures you went to? Um, anything kind of blow your mind a bit? Well, gut health. That's why, you know, I was there with all our di- digest shield friends. And um, so the gut um, yeah. inflammation was really obviously the topic of the conference. And but there's some cool stuff like, you know, we about uh, the nerf two pathway, the, um, you know, uh, mTOR, rapamycin, um, a lot of stuff on hormones. We always talk about hormones. We always talk about nutrition. You know, we talked a lot about chronic inflammatory response syndrome, CIRS, um, that you see from uh, mold toxicities and things and some, uh, you know, some things you can do for that. Um, and besides getting rid of the, the water damage in your house, um, we talked a lot about how maybe conditions like Lyme disease and, and fibromyalgia may have an infectious etiology, but you don't need to keep treating with antibiotics. You need to uh, tampen down your own overhyped immune system. Mm. So a lot about immunity, um, you know, a lot about dementia, uh, things you can do. There's so much there that, you know, again, I've got so many topics I'm going to be podcasting on. Um, you know, even the, the, the new, I got back on a, a supplement called sulforaphane, um, which is really broccoli extract. There's so many good things for for as you age in that regard, like helping your prostate out, et cetera. Mm. Um, you know, uh, we talked a little bit about a lot about vasointestinal peptide spray, yep. Yep. uh, for, for certain conditions. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of stuff and they just brought out a lot of stuff that already knew. Um, but a lot of, uh, it just reinforces that we're doing we're practicing medicine medicine the right way, and they're always finding new stuff for things. I'm gonna put um, this up here from uh, Shield Nutraceuticals, who we were down there with. Uh, they're putting an environmental toxic low, which is uh, kind of what you're getting at with um, was it with the mold and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, cool stuff. You know, I've always been a big advocate of sauna. Yeah, you know, one lecture talked about hot and cold therapy, how, how it's great for your, you know, immune system. Um, really a lot of these inflammatory diseases are not only gut related, but they're like your immune system's running wild. It's in overdrive. And that's what drives most, all these diseases that we see, mm. you know? Um, so, uh, Roel, stay tuned. We're going to, uh, we're, we're working on kind of a, a, a content calendar with, with, uh, kind of doing a more of a deep dive on all these different topics. So, uh, we're really excited for, uh, the next couple of weeks of recording. Uh, Dave, what's up, man? Good to see you. Uh, 
So glad to have you here live with us tonight. Okay. Um, Robin's asking any ideas on how to stop eye twitching. My daughter's had this continually for three weeks. Um, that I, I, you know, what's interesting is a lot of these questions, uh, you know, I've actually asked you myself, and this is, this is one I've asked, uh, for myself before. Um, what's your thoughts on this? It's usually due to eye strain, but interestingly, I saw a patient today who had an attractable case of it that their doctor picked up on with some visual test and picked up an abnormal um, striation or, you know, kind of an abnormal nystagmus type pattern where your eye pupils go like that and one was moving more than another. So he sent her to an ophthalmologist and they ended up, they're probably going to end up having to operate on one of the muscles of the eyes. Mm -hmm. But that's an extreme case. You know, a lot of times I will use Botox. It's usually due, in my opinion, I've had it, of course. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had it been or not, but when I'm stressed or reading, just constantly reading, uh, you know, it'll start twitching. Mine will do it for days occasionally. It'll just stop. But I have... Uh, I have used Botox in some of those cases and been able to stop it. Uh, as a matter of fact, that's how Botox was discovered for wrinkles. Um, they shot it in there to stop an intractable tick of the eye, and um, which means contraction just wouldn't stop like that. So this uh, really smart ophthalmologist in Canada uh she decided to destroy the nerve that made it twitch. So she said, I think I'll just inject botulism toxin into it. So she did, and it worked to get rid of the tick. But then she knows, hey, they don't have any wrinkles on that side of their face like they do the other. There's Botox. <laughs> I don't think she has to practice ophthalmology anymore, do you? No. No, it's, it's super interesting. I love that story. I'm going to put this up from Tracy. Um, I've treated eye I, I've treated eye twitching associated with anxiety. Make sure to rule out that as well. That's super important. Yeah, that's um, exactly it's a big right, deal. Tracy. I think stress is really the main cause of that. Yep, and as it, it's the main cause of a lot of stuff. Yep. Gut problems. I mean, stress is a toxin. It's right up there with phthalates and all that. It's really maybe worse. Um, what's interesting. One thing, when I think of eye twitching, I think of potassium, um, as, as I might be low in potassium. A lot of times if I'm just, you know, been working out really hard or like you said, stressed, you know, um, I supplement with potassium with it, but also what, what Tracy said, I think is the big one, you know, somehow magnesium, magnesium may help a little bit. Magnesium. I put a gallon magnesium today plus tonic water which has quinine in it really for nighttime leg cramps huh. um, but uh speaking of what do you think of this Look mountain at valley is that water yeah it's sparkling yeah sparkling water i'm going fancy tonight some of these sparkling waters have some toxins in them unfortunately what? this is a it's a glass it's a glass bottle because I, I drank a topo chico tonight and I know Atia, who loves Topo Chico's, recently come out and say, hey, they, they're putting something in here. Really? Uh, I don't know if it's caricatures or, or what, but yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, there's, or, or maybe it's, it's probably, um, they may have some 
some plastics in them, even put them in the bottle that they make it with. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah you got to be kind of careful you well, know, I mean, about that's... it. Again, and a lot of people that drink sparkling water, again, it's a good change of pace, but it's definitely not as good for you as filtered water. It really? also could cause some stomach upset. Yeah, it can give you gas, heartburn, bloating. Yeah, it definitely doesn't hydrate me like like filtered water does. I agree. I agree. With you. But I, I I like it as kind of a change of pace. Yeah, uh, that's what I use it for. Occasionally, I just won't. I'm certainly not going to drink a Coke. So I want something kind of fizzy, and I'll drink one. But it, I certainly don't do a lot of it. it you know, but that that is that whole episode of explain this with Robin was uh, was very eye opening in terms of just every like. Uh, all the different things that are in things that we use every single day, multiple times a day. And um, it was funny. I think we, when we were recording, I actually had like a plastic bottle of water. <laughs> it was bad. It's hard not to. It's hard not to. It's hard not to. Um, Just don't do it too much. <laughs> Again, Katie, things Katie add Katie up. agrees with me. Uh, Th- this, water's, this water's legit. Mountain Mountain Valley. It's good. good. It's authentic. Um uh, but anyways, I cut you off. What'd you say? No, that was, that was good. Uh, let's get to Max here. I'll remind everybody, if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put it in the comments. We're taking live questions here for the next, uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, we'll get to every single person. Uh, Max is asking, what's your thoughts on cryotherapy? Do you think it would help for ankylosing spondylitis to get rid of Anky- ankylosing spondylitis, ankylosing spondylitis to get rid of inflammation? Um, it's worth a try. I certainly think it may help. It definitely, you know, cryotherapy, a lot of your athletes do it. And, um, I think it'd be worth a try. I'm not sure that's going to help either, Mm. uh, too much, but it certainly may give you some, some relief. Uh, I wouldn't count on it, Mm. you know? Um, hope that helps Max. I've heard good things about cryotherapy. Um, but, but more along the lines of like, um, recovery. Muscles and muscles, fascia, that type thing, rather than bone. Have you ever tried those Normatec boots? Out of, have you ever seen them? Mm-mm. They're wild. They, uh, they, you know, I used to think they were only like, you know, at these NFL team facilities and like you know, big college, uh, athletic departments, but now like people have them in their house and they're like these boots and they, um, I want to say they put pressure on your muscles and it's somehow like rejuvenate your legs. So people after like a long run or, you know, a, a Spartan race or something like that, they'll get in the Norma tech boots at night. Huh. Well, Oh, are you talking about those big air pills that go all the way up? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. I've seen them. They're yeah, like a, a sleeve you put your legs yeah. through. Oh, yeah, those those are good. They just help circulation. Those that, are definitely good. Is that what it is? I've a circulation? Those yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super yeah. interesting. That's a really good thing. You know, I was listening talking about cold therapy. I was listening to the Huberman Lab podcast this weekend, and uh, he was on there with a Danish. Uh, PhD who just studied cold exposure and how good it is for you. You know, up there they swim in these these really cold waters in the winter and they don't get sick as much. And, you know, we used to say, Hey, don't go out in the cold. You're going to get a cold. There's nothing further from the truth than that. But 
you know, they, they have a stronger immune system over there than we do, probably because of cold exposure. Mm. You know, they, they take their babies out during the day and put their cribs outside in the snow uh, and let their babies sleep, you know, out there in the cold weather for a while, and it stimulates their immune systems. That's um, interesting. You, you know, we, we, yeah. we, we grow up, you know, even me to this day, like I still think, oh man, if it's cold outside, I don't want to go outside with wet hair or anything like that. But, you know, it's probably, you know, hurts us a little bit with that mentality. Yeah. That cold that she was saying, you should go out in the winter and your, you know, your shirt sleeve. And really a lot of it has to do with the production of brown fat, which is good for you, which we previously thought was just, you know, under the clavicles on the back and neck. It's really all over, especially around your spinal cord. So brown fat is good because it stimulates your immune system. It also increases your metabolism. So, you know, you burn visceral fat up, white fat, which is the bad fat up. It burns it up. Hmm. So think read about brown fat. I should do a podcast on brown fat sometime. Um, I, I think I think Jack's a fan of the cold therapy uh, with with that emoji. <laughs> yeah, that's good. A lot of people are buying these immersion tanks. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, these ice kind of like solo ice yeah. baths. Um, yeah. I, Shelley's question is: Are hormone pellets better than the hormone cream? How long do pellets typically last? Uh, really good question, Shelly. Yeah, great um, question. Most people think so. I bet I did eight pellets today, maybe 10. But um, yeah, Jenny will tell you, when she went from cream to pellets, it was like night and day in the way she felt. A lot of people just don't absorb the creams as well. And certainly we don't use oral estrogens or testosterone. We, we'll use oral natural progesterone. They're great, help you sleep, everything. I even take a little bit of one to block down estrogen, but, um, but yeah, most people like them better. You don't have to worry about the cream. I seem to get way better levels when I check that and they last, um, at least four months. So definitely worth it. Um, so yeah, try them if you like. I know you talk a lot about with pellets versus shots and men, you talk a lot about the even distribution of the hormone. Is it the same with creams to pellets? Or, or well, creams you're putting on daily, okay, so, so you're getting a daily dose. Okay. But yeah, the, the thing about pellets too that most people don't know is, is that, you know, they're they're programmed to dissolve at a certain rate. So, but when you're physiologically active, like say you're exercising real hard, you get more of the uh, uh, dissolution of the pellet. So, you know, it works better when you're exercising. You know, if you're an extreme exercise nut, I've seen them kind of use their pellets up in, you know, three months uh, rather than the four or five, the usual usual hmm. case. But, um, yeah, you'll know when your pellets are gone, you know. All right. Thank you for that question, Shelly. Uh, yeah, this is uh, – Jenny on our handle, a uh, night and day difference. <laughs> oh. uh, let's get to Sunny D. Uh, what is better than antibiotics for super bug antibiotic resistant UTIs? Uh, and I hope I hope I pronounce that right. Citrobacteria klebsiella 
intercaucus caught from hospital IV pick lines not working. Um, Ebo dialysis helped, but they're back now. I might have botched that completely, Sonny. I right. apologize. Yeah, you got some bad bugs in there. Mm. Um, I like methylene blue. Mm. You know, that's my favorite. Uh, I really like methylene blue for UTIs. You know, methylene blue is active against bacteria, viruses, and parasites. It was original treatment for uh, malaria. That's how they discovered it. And it's, it's an antecedent to uh, hydroxychloroquine. So, uh, wow. So methylene blue there. I, that's what I would try. You talk a lot about methylene blue with UTIs. I hope that helps, Sonny D. Um, yeah, yeah, I wish... Uh, we need to do like some sort of edit of the show where methylene blue was the answer. Um, because it seems like it's so good for, for so many different things. I I'm sure Katie will back me up on that. I think, I think Katie's answer is, is, is methylene blue and, uh, beef liver. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. There's a, there's a saying that goes, when you're an emergency room doctor, your patient is crashing and you don't know what to do, reach for the methylene blue. Mm. Rhymes. And that, that's, a, that's a statement. Uh, Sonny D saying, um, so the, the urologist is open to prescribing methylene blue trochies. Super cool. Super cool. Oh, good. Good. Wonderful. All right. And uh, Katie confirms it. Beef liver. <laughs> Beef liver and methylene blue. Uh, beef liver and oysters. <laughs> oysters are probably number two. Uh, if you guys have any last minute questions for Doc, go ahead and put them in the comments. Uh, are we going to get a? Are we going to get any music out of you tonight? I mean, you've been um, you've been so on point with your I answers. It. I doubt it. Your answers no. have been on point. Like your, it just. I, I don't want to ruin it with a performance on on the guitar. Um, what, what's your thoughts on you? Know, I know there's some there's some video out there in the in the in the interwebs of what, well there is a video what do we think uh playing guitar and singing if you play it I, i'm gonna have to bug out of here because i don't <laughs> like to listen to it but um i did last let's see it was, i guess a couple of nights ago i did you know i don't sing i don't dance but i do play guitar not very well though but sometimes when you play guitar you need to kind of sing to the song. Otherwise you don't get it down right. You can't uh, get the rhythm down. So I did try, this is my first ever attempt at singing while playing a guitar. And it, it's an old Beatles tune that I just happened to start working on a couple of weeks ago. So I decided to try to sing it just, you know, to see if I could, you know, match the chords I was playing and the rhythm with the words. You well, know, was it easier to play while singing? Out of curiosity, because it helped. No, like it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. You know, yeah. it's very hard. I don't see how these these people, these musicians, which I, I can't claim to be a musician, I'm not. But you know, it just tells you it's not easy. You know. Yeah. But, well, I, um, I, 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 I'll give you some encouragement, man. You, you've, you've really improved. You, you practice a ton and like, you're getting good. I, I would, I would classify you. Yes. You're doctor first, but I'd I do say have calluses. I do have calluses, but, but I'd say musician second. Jack wants yeah, to I would jam. never trade. I would never trade my, uh, 
uh, profession in, you know, because I would starve. I'd be starving. I would, you know, but I'd be happier though, you know, if I was doing gigs all the time, even like on a corner somewhere, you know, of the subway, you know, just oh, oh. <laughs> coming along and see if people drop me a dime or two, <laughs> you know, my expenses would be a lot lower. All right, we got to get to some questions here before we close out. I want to. I, I love this from Sunny D. Um, the ketovore lifestyle. I haven't. He- I haven't heard that combo. Yeah, ketovore. Yeah. I, I dig. Yeah, that. carnivore is kind of a keto lifestyle. Yeah. Ask Katie. Yeah. I mean, really, she feels as good as she's ever felt. Um, let's see here with Max and. Uh, Except when she ate twenty-seven oysters, I think that was a little much. <laughs> uh, what's your thoughts on stem cell therapy with uh, ankylosing spondylitis? You know, I, it would be something worth trying mm. for sure. Um, he wouldn't recommend it if does a bone marrow treatment. Um, yeah, you know, really the only two FDA-approved stem cell treatments in this country either come from your own bone marrow or your own fat cells. Mm. And they have to manipulate the fat cells for them to work. So the bone marrow is the best one. But again, if it's going to jeopardize further treatments, then take the advice of your uh, your rheumatologist. You know, you don't want to jeopardize any future treatments. But, you know, I really think stem cell therapy is going to be one of these futuristic yep. things. It'll be, it'll be done. It'll work. It'll work great. Um, um, out of curiosity, you know, we're, we're on this, you know, topic with the A4M conference uh, that y'all recently got back from, um, was stem cell a big thing, uh, at the conference this year? I feel like it's, it's like not quite like peptides is like here, you know, whereas. Yeah. They talked a lot about peptides. They talked a lot about nothing. A couple of things I didn't mention MCAS, uh, and hit, uh, you know, those things, mast cell activation syndrome and histamine intolerance. Those are, two things that are kind of big, these allergic type people, you know, as a matter of fact, they said for anybody over 40, if, if you've built up a lot of toxins over your lifetime, some of the treatments won't work unless you can get your sinuses cleared out. That was really interesting to me. I'd never really heard it that way, but it made a lot of sense hmm. that, you know, you've got that your sinuses can store a lot of toxins. And so many people, especially in this area, have all these allergies and chronic sinusitis. You're never going to penetrate that blood-brain barrier when you have all this brain fog from, you know, things like toxins and probably even MCAS and, and HIT, you know, that histamine reactions and mast cell, you know, HIT is a part of MCAS. Uh, so they said, you know, you really need to clear out those sinuses. And the best way to do that, and I talked to a lot of doctors, you know, the, one of the good things about meetings like that, you get to interact with like-minded doctors who've, you know, seen a lot of stuff and, you know, these various treatments. And uh, I was talking to one who was around my age. and She was based in Florida. And they had all these cool things that she did. Um and she said she would not do without her uh, nasal lavage, which I actually went and bought one for myself 
Uh, it's a way of irrigating your sinus. It's rather easy, way more effective than a neti pot mm. or just saline irrigation. Um, it's just an amazing little tool. As a matter of fact, if Jenny's up there, she can bring mine, my machine down. It's, it's kind of odd looking, but I've been doing it, and definitely my sinuses are clearing. You know, I've had, of course, allergy problems throughout my lifetime as most people do i get hay fever i've got a lot of you know goldenrod ragweed allergies that that hit me a couple times a year mostly in the fall unlike most people are in the spring worse but yeah let, let me show you this unique device that i actually got in last week i'm not going to demonstrate it to you i want to just show it to you uh, because if you're over 40, you've probably got a lot of toxins built up and all that. But yeah, that, so this is, this is an interesting thing. <laughs> is that not crazy? Maybe? So does that go in your nostrils? These go in your nostrils. You, you put a salt pack there, which it kind of crushes up and mixes in there. And all the debris comes in the bottom part of it. And you just stick it on there and you can even reverse the direction. But what it does it shoots it in there. It's not uncomfortable at all. And it sucks it out the other side. Oh, so, so it's oh, a push okay. pull thing. So you're not just, you're not just pushing in yourself, hoping will come out the other side. This is actually doing it for you. Uh, it's a great though. You know, it's, it's got this thing. It says all about the nose. You see that it's all about the nose. It makes so, so much sense. I really, I really did take that to heart and uh this is it's called the navage i believe it so i'd recommend that to people i mean what's it gonna hurt you i i believe it i, I mean i've told you before on this show you know one just just changing over to nose breathing changed my my life in in a positive way as much as anything really yeah and a lot of people are obstructed yeah they really and a are. lot of people are and yeah. they've got all this chronic gunk in their sinuses you know, and, and really, if you clear that up, a lot of times brain fog will clear up. You'll start breathing through your nose better instead of being a mouth breather, which is awful, especially think, when you sleep. But um, could that anyway. reverse? Could that reverse ADD or like not ADD necessarily, but like uh, you mentioned brain fog? But could it help with ADD as well? Like if you clear up, I wouldn't go that far, but okay. it definitely would help. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of chronic sinusitis, maybe post-COVID type things. Things tend to settle in your sinuses. So I thought that was an interesting thing. I just thought of it. I want to put this up here, uh, Jeff. Man, it is so good to see you. I'm so glad you're here. Jeff, with us. it was good to see Jeff today. That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm he so came good. up to my office. I thought he was going to arrest me. But we actually, <laughs> he didn't. We had a good talk. He saw me in my new sports car, and I really thought he'd clock me or something you know, early in the day. <laughs> But he didn't. He was just there to pay a social visit, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Jeff, thank you. thank you for being here, man. Uh, let me put this That's up. That's great. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Jeff's wonderful. Let's get this to uh, to Becca here. I want to make sure we get this. Uh, how do we best approach detox? Um, this is a, you know, I'm sure, you know, a lot of what you, you know, were at the conference with was around detox. And I guess that even the nasal thing's kind of a form of it in a way, I guess. But uh, yeah, well, you know, first remove whatever is your toxin, you know, that you're around, whether it comes to what you breathe, what you eat. Um, stress is a toxin, 
lack of sleep is a toxin. So remove the offending agent and then heal your gut, you know, uh, remove the foods that are, aren't good for you, especially sugar, it's too inflammatory. Uh, take your pre-probiotics, digestive enzymes, i.e. something like Digest Shield, um, which also blocks down glutens and lectins, which are so common to, to cause us to be toxified. Get in your infrared sauna if you can, or just go out and sweat. Um, you know, breathe clean air, drink filtered clean water, and learn how to de-stress through exercise, meditation, great sleep hygiene. Stay away from EMFs. I had a new patient today who had a watch, an EMF watch, which I'd never seen. Hmm. Um, but... Um, and those are the intake supplements that will help you detox, like milk thistle, curcumin, green tea extract, um, and probably sulforaphane. Use that nasal lavage. That's a, that's a detoxifying machine right there. Yeah. Uh, breathe through your nose, which is a filter. When you breathe through your mouth, it's not a filter. Um, you know, use magnesium. Take Epsom bath salts. Um, sweat, those type of things. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's really, really uh, interesting. We'll get to uh, think about taking, you know, other things like you don't have to do IV chelation, but you can, you know, take EDTA orally. I take that every day. Yeah. It binds up toxins and calcification. We talked a lot about the importance of vitamin K2 and how you know, it, it decalcifies the body, you know, your coronary, we're calcifying, which isn't normal. That's why your joints are so stiff. That's why your coronary arteries get calcium in them. Mm. You know, that's why your brain doesn't work as good. We're, we're, we're turning into pillars of stone kind of, you know, so, um, and move, you've got to move. So, um, omegas are good. No, but uh, no, I, anyway, I, I love that question, Becca. Thank you for putting that in there, and and question. you know because it's you know it seems to be like it's kind of like the fundamental. Like you you have to you st- start with you know eliminating some of these foods. Um. So so thank you, Becca. And listen and listen to some relaxing music, <laughs> which you may hear in a minute. I hope not. But we're gonna. You know, uh, we're I gonna... can't help what they play, but I hope they don't put this on. <laughs> I need to work on it a little bit more. I think. Let's get, let's get two more questions. in. I, I see, uh, so Max is putting up, I, I want this question just because it's a really, it's everything. We've been talking about stress all night. Uh, real quick, kind of rapid fire treatment medicine for stress. Anything you the like? The best treatment for stress is exercise and eliminating what stresses you. If you're hanging around negative people, don't hang around them anymore. I mean, you got to get rid of the offending agent first. So figure out what stress you. If you've got a terrible boss, you have a terrible job, you can't stand it. Life is too short to be miserable. So find something new to do. Find something that you love to do. You know, whether it's your in your job or in your play hours. Um, get a good night's sleep. Really getting into exercise, sweating. As far as medicines. You know, I don't like the antidepressants too much. They just have a lot of side effects. They don't work too well. Anyway, I like saffron, 
you know, is, is, is one of my best agents for stress. I like L-theanine. If you have a lot of mind chatter, I like ashwagandha. I like rhodiola. I like ginseng. So there's some stuff you can do. I like CBD. Um, there's a lot of things you can do naturally for this. Uh, that's a preferred treatment for me is natural treatments really mm. and find and figuring out what's stressing you so bad. Um, so you know, a lot of people have trauma, emotional trauma from childhood and they, they need to talk about it to people that know how to deal with it. Um, no, it's a, it's a, it's a really great question. Great topic there, Max. Thank you for putting that in there. And, um, I'm going to get to Johnny real quick on Facebook. Um, how much K2 do you recommend? Uh, and you talk about K2 in the form of MK7. Um, MK7, uh, I like 180 milligrams of it. Say that you know, one more time. 180 milligrams. All right. Now, I want to put this up from Becca just because this is funny. <laughs> nasal lavage, nasal hopefully headline won't read, local woman drowns self with nasal lavage device. You know, I read the instruction of this. And they said, nobody's ever drowned from doing nasal lavage. <laughs> <laughs> Made me feel better. I remember. You know, but it's really easy. It's really easy to do. It's just takes, it's gone in 30 seconds to a minute. It does it really quickly. You learn to kind of press your tongue against your upper palate so you won't get any going down your throat, you know. Uh, but uh, it's just really interesting. You know what I'm going to try to do is, is since I kind of learned how to sing one song while playing the guitar, I'd like to play the guitar while the nasal lavage is going. <laughs> how would that work? Pretty tight. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be hard to do. It'd be very hard to do. I'm up for a challenge though. Yeah. Probably get my guitar wet. So well, I do it over a sink. How do you think we did tonight? Guys, what do you guys think in the comments? I give, I give Doc a 10. No, I wouldn't. You're a 10. No, I'm not. A 10, is, a 10 is what you aim for, but you never can get there. 9.4. <laughs> I get uh, I, I think I think combined we were a nine. Steve. I think I think our audience got Steve's saying we're question. a 10. Yeah. We're a 10. Steve always says we got a 10. Linda's 10, Cherry 10, Barbara's 12. Golly, Golly man. Wow. This is we're incredible. Get Chuck we're is saying we're a 10. Head. This is man. awesome. Chuck, man. Tracy, look at this. Guys, y'all are the best. Y'all, y'all are the tens. <laughs> Tracy works at Harvard, so that's impressive. Y'all you know, <laughs> are the tens. Uh, y'all are the best. Thank y'all for hanging out tonight. Thank you to everyone on our team. It's Pavlin. fun. This is, this is a fun awesome. time. And it'll be you'll have even funner time with Andy. He's a lot more entertaining than I am. Katie said and 10. Way better and a way better singer. Andy's a way better singer than I am. Katie He's an said entertainer. 10. Lisa said 10 share, man, we're 10s across the board. <laughs> Thank you guys. Y'all are the best. <laughs> uh, all right. So what do you think? When are we going to play some music to, to end the show? Is that ever going to be a thing? What do we you think? Mean me playing the music. Well, I'm going to get out of here. If you want to play oh, there it, there we can. go. Oh, I'm out of here though. I can't listen to this. What do we have here? I don't sing. I don't dance, but I do play guitar. Sometimes when you play guitar, you have to sing. This is an old Beatles tune I, I love called You've Got to Hide Your Love Away. All right.
was that thank you thank you uh mom mom, you can see mom there in the in the uh corner uh i think that's a great way to end the show mom what do you think i totally agree you can't get better man can't get get better better. we've gotten a lot of go go doc in in the comments here uh that was awesome y'all record that this weekend yeah we just we just did the other night i heard him singing and i thought to myself that's just too cool. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's singing the dang song. So I just, I just said, I just took my phone and I just went, okay, I'm going to do it right now. And, uh, and, and he just kept singing. I thought that was just great. I love it. I love Life it. Life is good. Life Thank is you. good. Thank you for putting that in there. Uh, that was, man, what a, what a great way to end the show. Uh, it, give me the, the, it was the Beatles song. What was the song? Oh, golly. You can't hide. You can't hide. Yeah. You can't hide your love. <laughs> you, Hey, <laughs> all I remember, Ben, is this. Hey, there we go. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta hide your love away. Something like that. Something like that. All right. Well, we're... okay. Let let him go, Ben. I'll uh, I'm gonna head out. Well, Mom, I, I'm gonna uh, real quick. You're a ten too. You're uh, a ten too. Back at you, baby. Love you, honey. <laughs> love you guys. Love you, mom. Guys, thank y'all. We're gonna head out. That was a show. Uh, I love you. We'll see you next week. Tuesdays, 7 p.m., the Performance Medicine Show. We'll be answering live questions here, uh, right here on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, the whole shebang. Uh, Thank you all for hanging out with us. I'm going to look for my outro. Next week, hopefully, we'll have the dogs. We'll have Izzy and Ike with us uh, to close out. uh, There they are. Uh, They'll be here next week. Uh, Within the next couple weeks, uh, they'll be trained and, you know, but still themselves. They'll still be, they'll still be awesome. <laughs> All right, my oh, outro, guys. Give me my outro. Give me my outro. I love you. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.